Hello everyone, I am Alex Majorana. And I'm Sydney Lynch. And this is Little Known Tracks. This week we talked to Virginia-based singer-songwriter Tyler Meacham. Having to cook without gluten, she started cooking with Jovial and is hoping for a sponsorship for her aspirational cookbook or coalition. After college, she left corporate America to pursue what made her happy, creating music and connections in the Richmond scene. Her debut album, Into the Fray, was released in 2022, highlighting a portion of her life that she's decided to stamp and finish with an anniversary edition of the release in 2023. She has a single coming out soon and plans on creating more music, uncertain of its structure but excited to continue writing. Without further ado, Unknowing by Tyler Meacham. Oh, these little dreams Turning around in my head Conflicts lining the seams Insecurity pulling the thread All the ways that you love me I can whisk them away with a breath All the signs that you know me They turn inside out into dread The trouble is changing your face Your mind is a few steps behind Wearing a new look these days Sometimes a smile has to lie With the door hanging open Safety is no guarantee I don't know how to show it How much you matter to me Someone tell me what to do, what to do this Tell you what to do, what to do with this I know it, 
said I don't know much to be true But love over everything Embracing this mystery too Some things you have to see through Here's a promise worth keeping Believe me, I'm right here with you Tyler Meacham, yes. thank you so much for being on with us tonight. Thanks for having me. So I think the first thing that we wanted to talk about is something that we talk about quite frequently here, which is cooking. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your cooking background and interest. Oh my gosh. Thanks for asking. This is my only hobby. Um, I, I actually have a separate Instagram and TikTok account that is all about cooking. Um, because I, I don't know. I just really, I, I love it. I've kind of, as I've, you know, been in my like post-college adult life over the last mystery number of years, um, I just really have fallen in love with making things and I, I like the kind of art of it and the romance of it and just like pouring a glass of wine and like sizzling some garlic and some olive oil. That is that is very relaxing to me. Um, yeah, love, love it. Can't get enough of it. Are you a recipe follower or are you like, let's see what I have and see where the vibes take me kind of kind of person? So at first it was recipe follower because I think you need to do that in order to like have some sort of background and understanding of how things work. But what I do more frequently is I'll I'll have an idea and I'll look at a bunch of recipes and then I'll just kind of like do my own version of that and take the best parts of those things and kind of plagiarize a little bit um, and and just kind of make it my own. Um, I come from like a Greek family and I, I really love like Mediterranean and also Italian cooking. So I feel very well versed in that field. I also have literally no formal or professional experience whatsoever besides just eating in my life. I like to be, I think more recently I'm, I'm getting a little more creative. I don't excel in baking though. That's just chemistry. That's a and whole I, different. Yeah. I don't that's want a different science. skill set. It's a different, it's <laughs> yeah. a whole different thing. No, I'm there with yes. you. Um, I feel like you can cook and you can bake, but like you can't really do both. Like you can't excel at both, or at least I've never met anybody that like excels at both at the same time. I think it's just two different types of brains, maybe. Like, right. yeah, I've had some baking fails in my recent experience, and I am scarred by them. I I will say this about baking: something that I learned recently, uh, because. It's chemistry, right? Like, it is, like, science. When we fill up, like, things with flour, every single time, like, a cup weighs differently. And so <laughs> what we're doing here in, like, America with, like, cups and stuff and not weighing things when we bake is really, like, mm -hmm. doing us dirty. I'm sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I've seen a lot of recipes where it's, like, by the gram and... The other thing for me is I, I don't eat gluten and that's like something that happened within the last few years. Um, and so that's a whole different world of, of like food and my mission that I've kind of accepted. And, and if I had more energy and time, I would like really get into it and post about it and like start a coalition is to make gluten-free food 
good, regardless of the fact that it doesn't have the delicious, sticky, tacky gluten in it that makes all food amazing. Um, and I think it's possible, but yeah, that's that part of it. The like actual numbers and the specificity, I got there. Um, yeah, that's a little bit too much for my brain. Now, were you cooking before also? Like, did you grow up doing any sort of cooking or was this like a more recent development? I think I would cook every so often with my mom or like I would like be in the kitchen and in the way and like creating my own chaos. Um, But we were definitely one of those like throw it together kind of households. It wasn't very like chefy. And I think I have a tendency to like explore the things that I didn't do so much growing up. And like, you know, we, we would have, you know, pretty easy like meat, vegetable, starch dinners and that's totally fine. That's like three to four days of the week for me. Um, but I think I've enjoyed just kind of trying the fancier side and like seeing what can I what can I make at home that I could get in a restaurant, that kind of thing. That's that's what I'm kind of interested in. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like really just started. I think it was started from like just buying cookbooks and being like, I could do this. This is neat. I kind of want to make a cookbook, but that's like a we'll get there eventually. You definitely should with all the yeah. cool things that it's you like, have on your Instagram and TikTok. Absolutely. You should. Oh, thanks. It's like, a. I think I might do a merch table thing. It's like a very small idea of like, yeah, like a little zine kind of situation. Yeah. Like, like with that, would people like that? If I made like a, a cookbook and sold it at shows, maybe Listen, you know. would sell at least two copies right here. <laughs> very. <laughs> I mean, okay, done. We're doing it. <laughs> Do you have a favorite recipe that you've developed uh, through your through your process? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, okay, well, I know we're like bashing baking, but I will say my snickerdoodles are life changing. Ooh, and and there is literally no science involved, and it is so there are so few ingredients, no one could mess it up. Um, that would probably the one be the one, and then I also have a really good sun dried tomato gnocchi, like cauliflower gnocchi. It's it's like very throw it together like Trader Joe's ingredients, um, but I'm pretty proud of that one. Yeah. What would you say is like what you make the most of? Pasta. Now like, that's surprising, so right? Considering. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let me tell you about a, a non spawn brand called Jovial. There's this brand out there that makes pasta in italy um entirely gluten-free using like this this cutting method that is like exclusively italian they have these like presses they put everything through the stuff is great you do not taste the difference the texture is perfect um so yeah we have had some major advancements in the gluten-free pasta sphere i will say and so now you have like a potential partnership when you get your whole gluten-free coalition going oh my gosh i tag them in everything <laughs> sponsor like, the cookbook. all i want is just a giant box of noodles i don't need anything else just send me everything one time it can be once and i'll be fine that would last so long too yeah thing think of all the different I stuff mean, you can make i would like to believe it would last a long time yeah. but i also know myself <laughs> Yeah, no. Fair. Also reasonable. Now, I feel like cr- uh, cooking is like, as you've said, you've kind of started to develop 
your own way of doing things and you're starting to pick up a lot of the ways that you just instinctually cook is any of that kind of creative juice and kind of nature of doing that changing the way that you do things like writing I love that you bridged cooking to music and creativity because that's a great segue. Um, uh, Yes. And it comes out of, in general, having life experiences that have revealed to me the things that I like and the things that I don't like. And um, being in studio experiences that that were good, medium, bad, all the above, and just kind of learning like the things that I... I can do on my own and the way that I actually like to work is is kind of in a small space like this room that I'm in right now is where I do most of my writing and recording and I didn't it wasn't that way when I first started out like I was doing a lot of like going to studios and um, you know having experiences where it would be like making a record within a week or within two weeks and the amount of pressure that I I kind of experienced through all that which was all internalized just wasn't like conducive to a, a product that I was really proud of because there was so much like stress involved. So um, I would say like that in combination with the pandemic and being forced into like our homes and away from like working with other people, um, I feel like I've really changed my approach and became like very self-reliant, um, I guess, in terms of like writing, production, all of it. And, you know, that has been probably the best thing that has ever happened for me in terms of like doing music as a career, especially because prior to that, I was doing a lot of the like solo gigs, three hours, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you it's just not sustainable. Um, so yeah, definitely have like learned what I prefer and have shifted gears tremendously over the last couple of years. Now, did you ever see that as an option in those early stages of going to the studio, um, you know, having your own home space to be able to do it? Is that something that you ever considered or because of like circumstances just kind of fell into and found that it was a better option for you? At the time, I really didn't because I guess I just never had like the full education about any of this stuff and I kind of felt a little inept um and then once we have that long stretch of time with nothing to do um my partner and my he also plays bass with me um we've been together for almost six years and at the time he was having the same experience of like I was playing bass all the time and now I'm stuck at home and he really just dove headfirst into production and learning everything he could about engineering and I just kind of sat back and was like I don't know how you're doing this this is really overwhelming to me um but once we were able to find a space that worked um and you know through all sorts of crazy things ended up like moving into a house instead of like an apartment in the city which we could never have done any of this in um he you know we were able to put this space together and and he really like took um, took the lead in, in building it out. And I just kind of was along for the ride and started learning too. And, and so I honestly kind of fell into it just by being in the same space as someone who was like really passionate about it, um, enough to like pick up the skills and, and try to like do this on my own. I, it sometimes takes like being around someone else who, who puts their, their mind to it to like realize that you can do the same thing. So didn't expect it, but 
here we are. A little bit of secondhand learning going on. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. Now, what would you say, I guess, is kind of like, what are some of the more important things that you learned over the process of that? Because you talked about like production and engineering and stuff. Uh, so like, what are some of those things that like really stand out that like have had an impact in your mind on like what you're writing now? I think it's just, um, there's a lot of like self kind of internal things, um, that, that had to develop, um, confidence, the ability to trust the people that I have brought along for the ride. Um, I think I used to be really, really in my head about every little decision to the point where I would lose kind of the intuition of whether something sounds good or is working or a vocal take is what I want it to be. You know, you can get really per like I can I can become a perfectionist and, and get really stuck on itty like itty bitty details that in the grand scheme don't matter. And I think learning to have, um, you know, the ability to step back and say, wait, I, I should know what I'm doing. This is mine. This is my thing. And I've gotten far enough to like write it or, you know, start recording it that I can get to the finish line without having like a total freak out meltdown, like brain explosion. Um, I think a lot of artists ha can be their own worst enemy and self-sabotage a little bit during the creative process. And honestly, the, the biggest thing I've learned throughout the last like five or six years of doing this professionally is just to silence that part and hone in on like what feels right what feels good um because there's always going to be that that self-doubt it's always going to be hanging out in the background um and if you let it it can like really ruin an experience or a session so yeah that's honestly the biggest development for me is just like dealing with myself now did you take that uh, kind of mindset in that process into the writing of your album into the fray yeah I mean so that so much of that was done at home it was kind of like the only other person I can ask whether or not this is good is Chip who's in the house with me all the time so like I kind of have to know I have to I have to know that I've got this I have to trust that I I can make something good and I don't have to compare it to other people or um, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that developed throughout writing that album and, and producing that album because we went from previously recording everything in a studio and having like, you know, the band all together all the time to not even having a band to play the songs with when like, like coming up with how the arrangement's going to go. And that shift was, um... I, I definitely wouldn't have chosen that going into it. I wouldn't have said, yeah, let's like take however many of these new songs and just like, I'm going to figure it out and trust that I somehow know that this is working because I really do rely on other people um, to have those kind of like sparks of inspiration. You can write a song and have your framework and your idea, but like other musicians will always do something to bring it to life that you never imagined or expected. And I think music is better that way. Um, but for Into the Fray, there was so much of this like internal struggle of, is any of this good? Is this going to be horrible? Is this like a giant waste of time? You know, the like inner monologue just would not, would not let go. And um, 
I think you can really, I think some of the songs you can hear that in, like it's a, it's a theme in the writing as much as it was a theme in making it. So, yeah. All right. So, so like, it sounds like then um, the, the writing process of this, like, again, was kind of a reflective, like internal process. Were you thinking about that as you were writing it or was that kind of, like you talked about them, them being like the themes in this. Is that something that you were thinking about while you were doing it? Or is it something that sort of seeped in naturally while you were kind of struggling with that, like, internal conflict? It definitely seeped in naturally. In general, writing for me feels kind of um, out of body, like, amorphous. I don't typically have a an exact idea of what I'm writing about. Um, usually I'm processing something in my life experience through a song and then like we'll, we'll reach a conclusion in the process of writing it. Half of the songs on that album I had written as part of a project um, where I was writing a song and putting it out on YouTube every month. This was like in 2018. Um, and it was kind of like my first, like I'm going to take a stab at, doing music full-time and see if this is something um and so a lot of the songs were written in that space and then the rest of them were written in this other space of like I'm by myself um and so I think it just kind of as I've explored like my own like craziness that sometimes comes out um and 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 also have like really valued like talking to therapists and like understanding myself better and becoming self-aware and and realizing that like I'm not the only person that experiences you know certain things and certain worldviews those those naturally seeped into like every every song I have written and am writing currently um just out of habit honestly like it's just it's honestly just how I process life and I feel like there's a relatability in that of the thought of like other people are also going through this and might not feel like it, but like kind of knowing that like in the back of your mind. Um, so I think that's a really important facet and like a cool theme of the music is like listening to it and being like, Oh no, I understand this. And like having that kind of relatability aspect to it. Yeah. Thank you. That's um, exactly how I, I feel about it. And I guess music has so often in my life um, helped me feel a little bit less alone and like, not um on an island I guess when it comes to whether it's like mental health issues like I you know anxiety depression all of those things affect my life in different ways and some of my favorite artists have been bold enough to be very um open and honest in their songwriting to the point where I'm like okay well I can I can be honest in my songwriting too I can I can say things that feel uncomfortable and I can admit things about myself that that feel a little funny to just share with the world because like, I don't, I don't know that being dishonest would really serve me or anybody else. Um, you talked a little bit about how some of these songs were written in 2018 for this, you know, project that you were doing through YouTube. Um, you know, this like self-appointed project almost. Um, did, how did these songs develop? Did any of them change as you were like rewriting and recording them for the album or did they kind of stay the same and just grow with you kind of, you know, vocally, artist-wise? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think, 
me think for a second. Yes, there's there's actually one song on there that I wrote <clears throat> um, in October of 2018 and put on YouTube. And um, <clears throat> it's the song Unknowing, which is the last track on the album. And when I wrote it, it was about something like kind of difficult in life that really wasn't in the grand scheme of things wasn't that hard. But I was having just a rough time processing some change and and the lyrics always kind of felt a little lofty and a little like what am I saying here and then um fast forward to the I guess it was early 2021 so we're kind of still in this COVID world of like being at home and not really being out um and my mom was diagnosed with uh colon cancer and at the time I was just thinking about like I need a song to end this album and I was kind of going through the back catalog and I listened to Unknowing again and the lyrics all of a sudden became so real to me like it almost weirdly was like I I had some idea that this was going to be an experience because um, a lot of it started to feel like what I was experiencing at the time was like seeing her change physically and and the the hard stuff that chemo does to you and, and, and all of that. I mean, it was just one, of, it's, it's been one of the hardest things I've ever experienced in my life and continues to be. And it, it really took a song that I had never expected to mean really much at all, um, to be this, like this kind of totem, honestly, of like, this is what life is. It is not knowing what's going to happen and it is ambiguity. And that's just what we have to work with. Like, that's it. Um, so that was probably one of the it's probably one of my like weirder songwriting stories that I've ever had is just like, I didn't understand what that song was and where it really came from all these years ago. And then I have this like really grounding, scary life experience that brings those feelings into focus in such a different way. And then has allowed me to connect with people about that subject matter. Um, and then realize like, that's yet another thing that no one's really writing songs about, but so many people are going through. And um, yeah. That's that's probably that's what I would say. It's probably that one. Yeah, I think I think that's like really interesting because there's this kind of like clandestine nature to that in that like you helped yourself with like past writing. And I think that speaks to the nature and like the like art of your writing as a whole that it doesn't need to be like specific. It can be like this ambiguous thing in the writing but it's still like important and it can still relate to people and it doesn't need to be that specific thing and this is still going to help uh like other people i guess kind of realize uh some of those uh emotions as well you know yeah definitely on into the fray um released in 2022 and then an anniversary edition in 2023 talk us through uh, that decision and some of those additions and what kind of inspired that um, extra portion of the album. Yeah, I kind of felt like I wasn't quite done with that chapter yet. And there are a lot of different reasons. Um, the additional songs, several of those were on an EP I released in 2019, in November 2019, I believe. And then um, the pandemic hit not too long after that. So I, I had these songs that I was I really loved, but I never felt like they sounded as much like me as I wanted them to. And that was for a lot of different reasons. I was really new to recording at the time and um just 
yeah, just kind of pretty green about it and just didn't do exactly like now all, you know, several years later with the experience I've had, didn't achieve what I wanted to with those songs. And so I thought now that I have this ability to record at home and, um, you know, kind of really take it and do it exactly how I want to do it. Um, I took a lot of those songs and just re-recorded some of them, some of them just parts of them, like just vocals. Some of them just had them remixed. Um, and I kind of felt like that EP and Into the Fray were like a very specific chapter of my life of kind of like leaving, leaving an old job, moving back home to Richmond, starting over, building this band, entering this community. Um, and then after Into the Fray was released in 2022, a lot of that changed. And my bandmates shifted a lot. Um, we had a lot of people kind of come and go. And then I started to feel like my friend group was shifting. And then going through experiences like cancer and, and the stuff that just really can take you into a period of grief um, for you know, an extended period of time, it just kind of felt like I, I need a, f- a way to like finally close the book on this chapter and like move on. Um, because I, I love those songs and I love how much I was able to explore genre and like pop and what pop music can sound like if it's not, you know, the kind of same stuff you hear every day. Um, but I also am, am ready to say like, okay, let's, let's like give these songs the final like push that we really need and really love. And then I can feel free to like do this next iteration of my music, which I think is kind of different. Um, so yeah, that was the reasoning behind it. I just kind of like, I want to, I want to like make a little, like a little stamp on this project and like give it one more chance and let people hear it and then see what comes next. Almost like a little time capsule of like yeah. that that point. And then I assume with this new music that you're writing or working on, or if you're working on new music, this will be, you know, the next journey that you're kind of setting on. Definitely. I love that Into the Fray has so much optimism and um hope. And I think that there was a lot of um I needed that. I think a lot of people needed that. Um, within the last few years, I have just life has been really hard and like it, man, it comes at you fast. And, um, like, you know, when you start to like lose people and experience grief and experience like really hard adult stuff, like some of that hope isn't as accessible. And I've had to accept that I've, I've had to start writing some sad songs. And at the same time, I'm really proud of those sad songs. And, um, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know if anything is going to sound like upbeat, summery, danceable, like no running away or anything like that. I just, I don't know if I have that right now. Um, and I'm kind of excited about it because as a music listener, I really love melancholy. I really love like deep emotional stuff. That's what I gravitate towards. And I tend to listen to the same stuff over and over again for years and years. Um, so yeah, it's definitely like permission. My It's like my permission slip to do something different. And it, I feel like that also like showcases your growth as an artist of being able to like take on this new, um, 
not even so much like a new set of emotions, but a new way of displaying and kind of showcasing them in this like new music. Um, yeah. So can you tell us about any of the new music that you're writing or you're currently working on? Yes. I unfortunately do not have solid dates, but I will have them on social media within like the next couple of weeks, but it has just not come together yet. Um, but I do have a song coming out soon that's called Dream House. Not related to Barbie, but in some ways, maybe it is. Um, and this song is a song that I, I wrote. Um, I was thinking about these friends that I have that have this like beautiful house in North Carolina. And I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, this is my dream house. But like someone else already has it. And the first line of the song is, I think I found my dream house. Someone else got to it first. Kind of funny how that works. So um, I started writing this piece of music, and it was at the beginning of last year. And I received some really tough news about, like, my mom's cancer and just it, that world sucks. You're always kind of essentially waiting for medium or bad news. Um, so we got some, some not-so-great news, and I started to have these thoughts about there were things that I pictured for myself in life that maybe aren't going to happen. And there are these things like, who is going to be standing next to you when you get married? Like, will your parents be there? What kind of house will you live in? Will you have kids? How many kids will you have? And you kind of hold these, like, dreams somewhere in the back of your mind that you don't even realize you're having. And then, and then for me, one day I woke up and realized I might not get to have those. And so this song that started to originally be about real estate ended up being about kind of loss and grief and, like, trying to make terms with reality. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's a really, really personal song to me. And it's, it's a song that I, I have a hard time like singing sometimes because it is still raw and real, but I'm very, very excited to put it out and um, just kind of see where it goes. And I'll send you guys a link to it. I have it. I just haven't like, like started doing the legwork on it yet. <laughs> no, that is, uh, really exciting and like it is very difficult to be vulnerable like that and to not only write a song like that but again like to perform something like that is like extremely difficult and i think there's a lot of respect to be had for people who can do that so uh definitely looking forward to getting to hear that and kind of experiencing uh the emotional uh, turmoil that is yeah. dream house. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you might be picturing like pink plastic and fun, but let me tell you, I can turn that into something real depressing <laughs> real fast. <laughs> so what music were you listening to? Uh, uh, what, you know, you kind of gave us the themes and inspiration behind the subject matter, but what music were you listening to to kind of um, develop the sound that you were going for for this song i would say um i i really was late to the party when it came to lizzie mcalpine's music um i came across her second record of like probably a year ago and just fell in love with the sounds and what that album does is something that's like it's pop but there is such an interesting like influence of folk and then you have these really cool producers come in like Phineas 
and you know and take these songs that are very songwritery and turn them into these like really emotional like moving things and um so that was one and then I've always been a Sarah Bareilles diehard and everything she does is amazing and perfect um and so a couple of her her recent albums have been very inspirational to me um and then there's an artist called Ben Abraham um he's Australian and he had an album come out uh, within the last couple of years, um, called friendly fire that I really loved. So I would say those, those fewer are, are, are all influences that kind of kind of, all do the same thing. These are singer songwriters who like, they don't necessarily say that they're pop and they don't say that they're folk and they don't say that they're country. They just like let their songs speak for themselves. And that is all I want when it comes to my own music is just like, I wrote these songs they are what they are and like listen to the cool things that like we can do with production to elevate them. Now, I know that that's, that's, that feels like something that you've kind of um, touched on a little bit as like a newer thing that you've begun to learn over time. Um, I think like, I'm a little curious about like your start in music as well, which I don't think we talked about. So talk us through like a little bit about how you decided you were going to become a musician. Yeah, I have a very strange story about that. And I'll give you the Spark Notes edition because I have talked about it a lot. And um, so uh, my earliest, earliest like music stuff is at home. My dad's a musician and there were always band practices and instruments and stuff like that happening in the house. Um, and then like the musical theater pipeline for me, musical theater to like college acapella is just something that happens to people. Um, but really, uh, you know, I was, I was always writing songs like growing up and, and kind of just did it as an outlet, um, and something that I, I loved, but wasn't ever considering as a career because it just didn't feel like secure. Um, so I ended up going to school for film, which also hilarious to think that that would have been secure, but that's what I went to school. I went to film school. I got my degree in that, um, ended up in LA and then, um, I got a job working for Disney um, in Orlando my first year out of school. I was um, basically working with their Imagineering team, which builds all of the attractions. And my job was to follow Imagineers around with a camera all over Disney World, which sounds like a dream. Um, and in a lot of ways, it was supposed to be that. And I just didn't enjoy it. And I, I kind of started to look at my life and look at where where I was and and try to see like what is making me so unhappy is it that I'm like in a corporate job no because like I have money I can afford things um is it social stuff I don't really have time for social life because the job is so demanding and then it really came down to like I I stopped playing music I stopped writing I stopped like all of it I stopped collaborating with people I would try to avoid it. Like I had coworkers that would be like, we have a cover band, like come join us. And I would just, you know, w like run away. And um, I, I finally like something that got through to me at the time was um, there was a co conversation with the filmmaker, Britt Marling. I'm not sure if you all are familiar with her work, but she's very well known in the indie film world. And she had this interview where she was talking about how, when she was at the end of her time in college, she had this job offer to go to Goldman Sachs and like spend her life climbing the corporate ladder. And then she realized, I really like film more. So why am I going to sell my life away 
for the chance that I can call my mom and say like, I'm okay. That like, I'm secure. I, you know, I have, you know, a yacht (laughs) or whatever, like whatever it was like, and that really like got through to me in a way that was like, this is my exact experience right now because I have people telling me I can climb the ladder here and I can be an art director and I can spend my life here. And, and I thought that that would be good. But then I was like, but what am I denying myself if I don't like give this a try? And so, um, after a year, I'm, I packed up my stuff. I moved back in with my parents. Um, and I was, you know, I had a lot of friends at the time that were saying like, yeah, I was surprised you aren't doing music. I'm just surprised by that. And these kind of whispers of like, what do you, like people that really cared for me and, and were bold enough to say like, what are you doing? Um, so I finally just started writing music. I would write every day. I would try to put something on the internet once a month and then started going to open mics in Richmond and met people. And then that was it. Like it just, it, everything changed and, and I wouldn't trade. It was a very difficult experience to make that U-turn, but I wouldn't trade it for anything because I just, I like, I don't think I would have survived that. Like I really was unhappy deeply and, and it wasn't getting any better. So yeah, that's the, that's this very long spark notes edition. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to get, I tried to get through it. (laughs) Listen, we're on here to talk about you anyway. Yeah, you could have told the that's you could have told the full non-sparked <laughs> notes edition. No, that is so good. Honestly, really, love that for you. Yeah, thanks. Very <laughs> admirable. Thank you. Um, to follow that passion because you're so good at it. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> thanks. Um, yeah, I would. It's something that I feel like if I hadn't heard someone that was doing art independently say like you can do art independently do it don't be sad don't hate your life do what you want to do do what you love to do I never would have left that job behind um I would have ended up getting laid off because they laid everybody off like two years later (laughs) but we would have been so we would have probably ended up in the same place I'm just glad that it was a little bit earlier than yeah than that And on your terms. True. Very true. Again, that's so good. And like you have done a lot of really great stuff with music. So we're glad you quit. (laughs) Is there anything else uh, coming up that you're looking forward to uh, musically, like shows or anything, or even anything else like outside of music? Is there anything that you're just looking forward to? Yeah, just kind of letting this year unfold. Um, I have a lot of good feelings about 2024 and um, I don't have as much of a concrete idea of, of what my next like music release is going to be. I know I have songs. They're going to come out. Is it an album? Is it an EP? I don't know. And I'm, I'm actually really excited about that because um, I feel like there's a little bit like a little bit more freedom in that um, this time around and kind of like what we talked about in the very beginning, just like, learning and changing as you learn what you like and what you don't like um I loved making End of the Fray but knowing that it was like this giant album that I was going to put out as my first debut album there was just a lot of pressure attached to that and I'm enjoying just exploring what I have to say like one song at a time and kind of seeing you know seeing what happens from there so that and just like just I've just really embraced my inner grandma this year and just really like enjoyed chilling out and 
like letting myself rest and yeah. yeah. Love it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's super exciting. Uh, whether it be an EP, an album, a few singles, I think we're excited to hear it. Looking Thanks. forward to your cookbook whenever that comes out. I mean, you know what? If you guys you guys are giving me the stamp of approval, I'm going to start working on it tomorrow. Do it. I'm not lying. <laughs> uh, Sydney, any other questions for Tyler Meacham? So where can we find and follow you online and listen to all of your music? So my Instagram is Ty Meach, T-Y-M-E-A-C-H, Meach like peach with an M. Um, and then, um, I'm on pretty much every other social. I really love threads. Follow me on threads. Um, and then my music is anywhere you listen to music and I have, uh, vinyl and cassettes and CDs on my website, which is tylermeacham.com. Lovely. Perfect. And Once also again. you were the first person I've ever heard say that you love threads <laughs> and like, yeah, that's no, kind of wild. Use that. and I love <sighs> that. For you, and I hope you can use it to the best of your ability because I don't I, understand it. <laughs> I love Threads. I used to love the Bird app, mm. um, and I deleted the Bird app when Elon Musk got involved because it yeah. just—I knew I knew what it would turn so. into. Everyone did. Um, but that was my <laughs> favorite place fire. to post. It was my favorite place to post. I like putting my unfiltered thoughts out into the world. Yeah. Um, and so yes, I, I've, I've embraced Threads as my replacement for that. Love that. Love that for you. Yeah. Well. Once again, Tyler Meacham, thank you so much for being on with us today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, guys. It's been so lovely talking to you both as well. Like, genuinely, I'm not just saying that. You guys are really cool. Thank you for listening to Little Known Tracks. If you or a loved one want to be featured, send us an email at littleknowntrackspodcast at gmail.com. Also, feel free to follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at LKTPod for more information about the podcast when episodes come out and occasionally giveaways and things of that nature. Thank you again for listening. See you next week.